This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Walking 2, Wrexham 3. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. And that was a pleasing win, to be honest. It, it wasn't the most stylish, and there has been some sort of uncertainty about the performance on social media, but I understand that, but I think it's a very, very good result. Wrexham coming into the game as an unchanged team, understandably after the 5-0 win last week. Woking, who haven't conceded at home yet this season until this match, or indeed dropped a point at home until this match, really looked to disrupt us early on. Uh, it was very sort of scrappy for the first 19 minutes. They were knocking early balls over the top, trying to turn our defence. They were fighting really well in midfield for the second balls. And their outstanding player, the most threatening player, in that period was Kyron Lofthouse. Playing on the right-hand side, he scored two goals in Woking's last home game, and you could see why, because he was really doing well, driving inside. He had two excellent runs where he beat Wrexham players, got to the edge of the area. Nothing really came of them, but clearly he was exceptionally threatening. Wrexham did make a couple of half chances, uh, whereas Woking didn't during the spell of scrappy play. Firstly, from a set piece, Luke Young sweeping it in. Ben Toza getting up well to head the ball goalwards. It struck Paul Mullen, in fact, although I suspect the keeper might have been able to cover it anyway. And there was a scramble before Woking hacked the ball clear. Soon afterwards, again, Wrexham creating an opportunity. Ollie Palmer chasing the ball down the right channel, got in the box and fleetingly was one-on-one with the keeper. But Josh Casey, the left-back, covered superbly, getting in uh, and making an excellent saving tackle to deny Palmer the chance to hit the ball. Now, I said first 19 minutes it was scrappy, and I mentioned that Lofthouse was the most dangerous player for uh, Woking. Well... There's a reason I mentioned those two things, of course, because in the 19th minute, he was sent off a huge game-changing moment and a correct decision as well. It was pointed out on the TV commentary that the rest already, this is a third player he sent off already this season. Well, yeah, but this one, absolutely correct. Um, Lofthouse cutting in again from the right-hand side, had a heavy touch stretch to try to get to the ball. I'm not trying to say he was actually trying to hurt Luke Young but the truth of the matter is he lunged in he went over the ball studs up and hit Young hard halfway up his shin thankfully Young's foot wasn't planted on the ground that could have be uh, the best a double leg break at worst a career ender it was a poor challenge and although he complained and the walking players complained the referee was quite right to show us immediate red card it influenced the game after that because it really became very unpleasant i suppose in a way and uh, woking and the crowd felt wronged uh they, they were wound up they were arguing with the ref there was a lot of niggly fouling going on as well and that didn't help us in all honesty but woking i thought and understandably in the aftermath of the red card were a little too cautious now that disruptive style which was bothering us even if they weren't making chances was ditched they went to a 4-4-1, completely get that. They've got 71 minutes to survive, and they want to maybe get to half-time. But they were a little bit too reactive, I thought. They, they had no real threat going forwards in this period of the game. Wrexham were able to take control of the extra man and started to make chances. Almost immediately after the red card, Luke Young, who 
gone off to be treated, came straight back on and dinked a smashing ball in around the penalty spot. Jordan Davis sprinting onto it, couldn't control his head and made fantastic contact on it, but the ball went whistling about a yard over the bar. Rexham had another half opportunity. Young doing brilliantly after. Initially, James Jones had teased the ball into the goal mouth, which was cleared. Young didn't look to be favoured to even get to the ball 30 yards out. But not only did he get there, but he smashed a first-time strike, which was, even by his standards, impressively clean. Unluckily, it was straight at the goalkeeper, Ross, who was able to save it pretty comfortably. If it had been the yard either side of him, Ross, who I think was unsighted for part of its journey as well, would have had a serious problem on his hands. But Young did come up with an assist with 10 minutes and a half left. Now, Woking, as I mentioned with Bill Long in the preview podcast, had two very experienced centre-backs in Worthington and Cuthbert. They are strong, they're battlers, they're good at defending the penalty area. That's why in this 25-minute periods where they went a bit defensive. They survived pretty easily until Wrexham opened the scoring because they like that sort of thing. They drop a deep and they head the ball away. They've also got Inson midfield who's massive and Anderson who started up front and then dropped into midfield after the red card who's massive. A lot of height in their team and they were dealing well when Wrexham were trying to play it long. It wasn't Palmer's day really in terms of being able to bully a centre-back. Likewise, it wasn't a Bentoza day, perhaps. He put in a couple of throws that did cause issues, but basically it was quite smart by Wrexham because they did mix up the throw-ins quite a lot. And that's how the goal came about, and I suspect that Woking just weren't ready for it. The ball went out for a throw, most definitely in Toza territory. Luke Young jogged across to it, and I rather suspect there was a lack of alacrity of Woking's defence because they thought, no, they'll just wait for Toza to come up. But Young threw it quickly in, got a return pass and whipped a great cross into the far post. Aaron Hayden was pretty much the only Wrexham player who'd arrived in the box at this point for the long throw, and he was at the far post, but Cuthbert had let him go on his blind side, so he didn't have a clue where he was. He'd left him in plenty of space, and the left-back Casey hadn't come around to cover, and Hayden raced onto it and planted a nice downward header from six yards out past the keeper to put Wrexham ahead. Woking responded really well to this. They became a bit more adventurous and immediately you saw why you know i might argue they should have just tried to stay on the front foot because within a minute they were in Wrexham's box but this was a, a rather embarrassing moment in all honesty the ball played into the left channel where the walking wide man uh, daily ran into the box james daly and then threw himself to the floor when toza got close to him it was a rather embarrassing dive of course those sort of things can work. Didn't hoodwink the ref at all. He did really well to show yellow card to Casey, who remarkably complained rather than <laughs> just say, yeah, fair cop. Sorry, mate, I tried one on. Um, but yeah, Woking started to come into matters and just started to ask questions of Wrexham's defence, but they, they weren't really making chances. And Wrexham had a couple more moments. Another one in the 41st minute, a controversial moment, uh, because it was a corner from Young, swept into the box and Hayden was grabbed hold of by Wilkinson who pulled him to the ground. I've no doubt that Hayden had a grab of his shirt as well at the start of the process but being televised we had really clear pictures of it from behind the goal which showed that they were both running towards the goal Wilkinson essentially just got both arms around him, hauled him and slung him to the floor really rather wildly. A blatant penalty. The ball was in play. The referee told them both off but 
just gave another corner. And I, I want I, I don't want to sound too critical of the ref because if he didn't see it, he didn't see it. And it's crowded in penalty areas and tricky to just isolate one bit of action. Um, if he did see it, though, he really should have given a penalty. Certainly VAR, well, you can't say that VAR is a weird random rule to itself. The ref was obviously bothered by the amount of argy-bargy and shirt pulling going on. And for the next corner before it was taken, showed the yellow cards of Patrick Hammond and James Jones for their part in shoving around on the goal line. I've got to say, Hammond very unlucky to get a yellow card. Jones seemed to absolutely accept, oh yeah, yeah, I earned this one. Um, they were both shoving each other around. Jones turned around and shoved Hammond to the floor. Um, I think a finger wagging to Hammond would have been more than enough. Wrexham did have another opportunity before the break to double their lead. Ford doing well to win a tackle. He fed Mullen, who played a super sharp 1-2 with Davis on the edge of the area. Mullen looking to go one-on-one, -on -one, but Ross was very quickly off his line and just about got there first. It was a difficult 1-2, and Davis's return pass just gave the keeper enough of a chance to get there. But it was lovely interplay between the two of them, and good play by Ford as well. It was a good game on the right-hand side. So Wrexham were feeling pretty comfortable at the break, a man up and a goal up. Two minutes later... After the restart, it was level again. They had to go out and about winning the game all over again. An excellent goal by Woking, I've got to say, though. A, a, a beautiful example of how you can open up a three-at-the-back defence. That's not to say three-at-the-back doesn't work. Not saying that at all. But every formation has its strengths and weaknesses. And Woking perfectly exploited the weakness of it. Kellerman in midfield hits an excellent ball after a, a terrific run by Ammond into out onto the right flank so he's pulled Clueth with him and now all of a sudden that back three is stretched Mondi comes inside Clueth to try to cover but Ammons hits an early excellent cross to the far post absolutely perfect because Ford is a wing back he's not covering around the last centre back like a, a full back ought to he's a bit higher at the pitch and so Daly making an excellent run on the blind side of Hayden Gets up and cushions a beautiful volley back in the direction it came from and into the top corner. It was an excellent, beautifully executed goal. And although Wrexham will look at it and be unhappy at how the back three got exposed, that, that's the risk of playing three at the back. You get benefits in, the, in other ways. And yeah, it, was, it was a brilliantly executed move from start to finish. So Wrexham responded once more. Uh, another shout for a penalty, this time a bit more hopeful after Tozer had thrown the ball in. Hayden flicked it on. Palmer chased after it with Wilkinson. Wilkinson grabbed hold of him. No question. I think at the start of it, at least, both of them were holding on to each other, chasing the ball as it bounced away and out of the box. Um, and Wilkinson, again, pushed his luck a bit. Got really rather rough with him and hurled him to the floor in the end. But the referee ignored it, and I can see why. Woking now were having a decent spell. They'd equalised. They were a bit more confident after that. And a bit more confident, I think, after the way they finished the half. And the game was in the balance a bit. But Phil Parkinson acted decisively and changed our shape. He took off Max Clueworth in the 59th minute, which I don't think is a comment on his performance at all. Uh, a pretty solid game, to be fair. But he'd taken a couple of heavy knocks in the first half and he was going to take one of the centre-backs off and Clueworth was the one. He came off, Elliot Lee came on and Lee made the difference straight away. Wrexham shifted to a four at the back diamond formation. Young as the anchor, Jones and Davis on either side of the diamond and then up front, 
behind the strikers, Elliot Lee. And this time it worked. Lee was getting the ball. He was playing some lovely little passes into the edge of the area and he was causing problems. And Wrexham immediately started to get on top. Young swept in a corner. It was cleared to Toza, 15 yards out. He smashed a powerful shot in, which was well blocked, really well blocked. It was a great, great stop in a six-yard box. Wrexham took the lead halfway through the second half. A long spell of terrific pressure. Ending with Davis doing well to feed into the edge of the box. Mullen looked to have gone one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Again, Casey got across and made a brilliant last-ditch tackle to deny him. Cuthbert, perhaps surprisingly, considering his experience, didn't have a look-up at all, just hoofed the ball the direction he was facing, a chance for another long throw. And again, Wrexham caught uh, Woking out by not playing the long throw. The ball thrown quickly back to Tozer, and he whipped in a lovely ball to the far post. Ross, the keeper, could see that Hayden had a run-up and was liable to tower over the defenders, which he did, decided that he had to come out and punch. I think that's the correct decision. As long as he get there, he didn't, and Hayden won the header and planted it into the empty net. Wrexham in the lead. Wrexham then continued to push on, and it looked like, again, they had the game under control. Wrexham um, attacking well, Palmer causing issues as he drove the ball forwards into the box, but walking, hanging on until the 81st minute, when Lee picked the ball up. Cut in size from the right side and hit an absolutely glorious cross across the face of goal. Wilkinson facing his old goal stretched to try and deal with it. He could only poke it on and Palmer, diving in at the far post from about a foot out, hit it into the empty net. His first goal of the season and a very gratifying moment for him. Wrexham soon afterwards removed Palmer, bringing on Sam Dolby. Wrexham had also already brought on Bryce Susanna. Worryingly, Jacob Mendy had to go off hurt. But in the 84th minute, we were caught again on the counter-attack. Again, a very good counter-attack. But Wrexham would be very frustrated, having got a grip on the game, to allow Woking to hit us like that, when we could have just been closing things down. A break down the left channel by Daly, who haired forwards and squared it nicely for the substitute Greco Cox, who was one-on-one -on -one with Howard. Young dived in from behind him, and with his right tackling leg, did win the ball clearly. But his other leg just went straight to the back of Greco Cox. Absolutely no question it was a penalty. And... Despite the complaints of the walking players and, surprisingly, the commentary team on BT Sport, it can't be a penalty. It's double jeopardy. If Young wasn't trying to play the ball and fouled him in that position, he could be sent off. But if he tried to play the ball and foul the man, you can't be sent off if it's a penalty. Beg your pardon. So, the referee again, spot on. Greco Cox stepped up, drilled the ball inside the right post. And Wrexham had to have a... A little bit of a nervous moment. Walking works if a couple more corners, a couple more set pieces, put bodies in the box. But Wrexham did deal with it well. And in fact had a couple of chances themselves at the other end. Jones picking the ball up after Davis had done well and hitting a, a fabulous strike from 30 yards which just missed the top right corner. And then in late on, Lee and Elliott combining with Davis and again, the keeper Ross having to race off his line to save at the feet of Davis as Wrexham threatened to put a, a cherry on top. But anyway, Wrexham won comfortably in the end.
I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take that back. This was not comfortable. But it's credit to Woking. I think Woking did really, really well. They had a game plan. It was disrupted by the red cards. But they came again. They showed excellent attitude, excellent energy. And three points at Woking, even if they're down to 10 men, is not easy. I think that a lot of teams will fall over and stumble uh, going down to Kingfield. And Wrexham, I think, should be very, very happy to have got that result. And there were lots of good elements of our play. It certainly wasn't like the Oval game where we never got things going. Going through the performances, well, Howard couldn't help either goal. and Didn't have much to do, really, in terms of saving. He did well with a couple of punches when the ball was slung in. Like I said, Woking um, got a lot of height, and, and he did well coming into the crowd and punching. The centre-backs... Well, Hayden's man of the match. <laughs> Had a solid game at the back um, and scored the two goals. Toza, likewise, I thought, was was strong and controlling and used the ball very well. And Cluworth, like I said, I thought, did, did well enough. Had a few knocks, though, substituted, sacrificed tactically. On the wings, Ford did very well, I thought. He was very progressive. He got up the pitch. He used the ball intelligently. And it looks like he's starting to bed in nicely now. Mondi, on the other side, had an entertaining duel of with um, Lofthouse, and let's be honest, when you have a duel with a player, it usually means as a defender, you've not kept them completely under control, and there were times when Lofthouse was able to beat him, but Mondi got some good tackles in as well, and certainly came into the game more going forwards once the threat of Lofthouse had receded, shame that he got a knock, let's hope it's not too serious. In midfield, and James Jones early on actually was really wasting the ball quite a bit, but his energy was very useful, especially in the diamond, he kept going, kept going, he gives you that extra option of width on the right-hand side of the diamonds because you've got such good recovery speed and the ability, the stamina to, to keep going as well. So that was good. Young, again, had a good, strong game at the, in the centre of midfield, uh, fed in the ball for the first goal as well. And Jordan Davis was uh, is starting to look like he's he's at it now. He's he missed bits of pre-season, obviously, but he's looking pretty sharp now as well and was very involved and played some nice balls in around the edge of the area. Palmer and Mullen having had a couple of games this season where we've not got the service to them and they look very lively and dangerous, weren't quite as threatening today. To be fair, Mullen was a bit unlucky. Balls often didn't quite drop his way. He was nearly played one-on-one -on -one by Davis and the keeper got there first. Um, but it didn't quite, he wasn't quite able to influence it like he'd like to, uh, quite clearly. Palmer, well, was up against two very experienced, very physically strong centre-backs, and he struggled really to make an impression on them there, really, but he still was involved, and he still caused issues, and, and, and they both did decently enough. As for the subs, well, Lee was made a real impact, so Lee did very well, coming on, finding space between the lines, as he does so well, and, and playing really nice passes into the box, lovely ball in which led to Palmer's goal as well. Hosanna, solid game. His pace is handy in those situations as well because later on when we were wasting time, he can carry the ball forwards very quickly, of course, and Woking find themselves very swiftly back in their own half and trying to get the ball back. And so that was that was handy enough. And, and Dolby had a decent game, actually, up front. He, he laid one chance on and was yeah was had a decent time of it. So Wrexham, excellent results. Not an up-and-down performance, but let's not be too critical here. We're scoring two points a game, and we haven't got properly into our rhythm yet. This is good. So, for the final score of Woking 2, Wrexham 3, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.